Well, this morning we're going to continue our series entitled Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And a little bit of what Rob shared this morning, and I really believe just what God has already done this morning as we pray for people and as people are being filled and refreshed by the Holy Spirit, just going to tie into what God wants to do today. We said that the heartbeat of this series is really all about launching us into that transformational relationship with God the Father, Jesus the Son, through the person of the Holy Spirit. And 2 Corinthians, right, has been our scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, it says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And we've talked about over the last six weeks how most Christians understand the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Most Christians understand the love of God. But most Christians are struggling to walk in that fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And it really is through the fellowship of the Holy Spirit that we experience the grace of the Lord and we experience the love of God. And as we have talked about over the last several weeks, God the Father is in heaven. Jesus Christ is in heaven, seated at the right hand of God the Father. And the Holy Spirit is the only part of the Godhead on earth, so why are you ignoring him, right? The more that you acknowledge the Holy Spirit's presence in your life, the more you're going to experience the grace of God, the love of God, the power of God, and the more you're going to walk in the purpose that God has for your life. So we're going to look in John chapter 14, and what's been exciting to me, I shared this last week, is that we've spent the last six weeks literally just looking at what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Jesus had a lot to say about the Holy Spirit, and I think no better person could teach us about the work and the ministry and the person of the Holy Spirit more than Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? All right, y'all got to help me today, okay? We're going to work together this morning. Is that all right? Y'all going to work with me today? All right, John chapter 14, the Bible says this, Jesus is speaking. He says, and I will pray the Father... And he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So we said, if you look at that next point, we said, according to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is our helper. And that word really has three unique meanings. The word helper literally can be interpreted one who helps, literally one who comes alongside you and helps you. And we recognize the Holy Spirit is not the doer. The Holy Spirit is the helper. He helps us do the things that God has called us to do. And we can't do his part, but he won't do our part. We looked last week that the Holy Spirit helps us through intercession, that he prays for us, he prays through us, and he empowers us to pray so we can enter into the very presence of God. And then today we're going to look at that last expression of that word helper, which literally means comfort. The Holy Spirit helps us because he comforts us. As a matter of fact, depending on the translation that you read, many translations actually interpret John 14 as, I will give you another comforter. And so we recognize that the comfort of the Holy Spirit, as we're going to see today, is one of the most powerful expressions of ministry that He does in our lives. And it's one of those things that the Holy Spirit does that enables us to not just endure life, but to overcome life. How many know life is challenging. Jesus actually said, in this world, you will have 
tribulation. That's not a promise we like to put on the refrigerator. Right? In this world, you're going to have tribulation. But then he doesn't stop there. Praise God. He says, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. So in this world, there's tribulation, there's trouble, there's trial, there's sorrow, there's grief, there's pain, there's setbacks, and there's heartache that comes to each and every one of us. And no one in this room, if you've been living for more than a day, needs me to tell you that those things are real and that those things happen to us on a regular occasion because we live in a world by sin. But the good news is that he's overcome the world. Can I get an amen? And so all of a sudden we're going to recognize that through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, specifically through the comfort of the Holy Spirit, that is one of the ways we overcome this world. And we don't allow the trials and tribulations of life to take us out. Let's be honest, all of us in this room have probably known people that have been taken out, right? They've been taken out of church. They've been taken out of ministry. They've been taken out of living the life that we know God has called them to live because trials and tribulations and heartaches and heartbreaks have caused them to be discouraged and overwhelmed and many times just pull away from the very thing that God has intended for them. And so we're going to learn today how significant the work of the Holy Spirit is in helping us as our comforter to work through those things so we can stay engaged and not just survive in life, but we can actually begin to thrive in life regardless of the things that come against us. So look with me uh, at that next point on your outline. So the Holy Spirit helps us through comfort. He comforts us with his presence and his power. We are never orphaned or alone because he is always with us. The Holy Spirit comforts us. How does he comfort us? He comforts us, number one, with his presence. The presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives becomes a comfort that sustains us and strengthens us in the midst of the storms and the challenges of life. I love the fact that Jesus said there in John 14, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Why is that important? It's important because we understand that we live in a world today where one of the greatest challenges that people face is the challenge of feeling abandoned, rejected, and all alone. And how many of you understand that if you are struggling with abandonment or rejection or feeling all alone, you can be in a room full of people and still feel like you're all by yourself. Because there is a spiritual battle that rages in the hearts and minds of men to push us into places of isolation and separation where we feel like I'm all alone. And if you feel like you're all alone, then guess what you feel like? You feel like nobody understands and nobody knows and maybe even nobody cares about what's going on in my life because I am all alone. Well, here's the good news of the gospel. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I'll not leave you as orphans. You will never be alone. If you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, though all men forsake you, the Bible says, the Lord says, I will never forsake you. And there's something powerful about knowing that the presence of God is with us and that no matter what we're going through, I am never alone. 
Many of you know Psalms 23. I love what David said in verse 4. Listen to what he says. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Look what else he says. Your rod and your staff, they what? They comfort me. God's presence is a comfort to know that no matter what I'm going through, to know that no matter what I'm dealing with in my life, I am never alone. He's with me. And let me just say this to you this morning. The more that you acknowledge his presence, the more you will sense his presence in your life. The more you acknowledge his presence, the more you will sense his presence in your life. Now let me illustrate it from a negative point of view. How many of you understand that if you ever get offended in your heart towards somebody, and I know nobody in Liberty Church has ever been offended because we walk in holiness, right? But if you know of anybody that's ever been offended, if you've ever been offended in your heart toward another person, you know what will happen? You will become so sensitive to their presence that they can walk in the room and not even see you and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, yeah, did you see that? Did you see how they walked in? Uh-huh, yeah, they were, looking, they were thinking about me. No matter what they say, no matter what they do, it feeds your offense. You become super sensitive to everything they say and everything they do. What would happen if we were that sensitive to the Holy Spirit? What would happen if we were that sensitive to the Holy Spirit's work and move in our lives. I mean, when you're, offended, when you're offended, somebody can just look at you and you're like, did you see how they looked at me? Did you see that? Did you see how they looked at me? I can't even believe they do that. What would happen if we were that sensitive to the Holy Spirit? What would happen if we acknowledged him and we honored him and we looked to him and we fellowship with him to such a degree that we could be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that in our darkest moments, in the challenging, trying, troubling times of life, we could know that we know that we know I am not alone. Many of you know Kelly's testimony of growing up in an abusive home, and, and there was a situation in her life as she was originally tormented by flashbacks and memories that she used to have. There was a moment, there was a memory she had as a child as she was sitting on her bed crying while her sister was in the other room and abuse was happening. And she said she remembered that memory sitting there feeling so powerless, feeling so all alone. And one day... She invited the Lord into that hurt. She invited the Lord into that memory. And she said when she invited the Lord to come into that hurt, into that memory, you know what happened? She said all of a sudden she saw herself as that little girl. And the, the trauma and abuse was still happening in the next room. But she said, I saw myself sitting on the bed as that little girl. And all of a sudden I saw Jesus sitting there with me. And she said, and I knew that I wasn't alone. It didn't change the trauma of what was happening. It didn't change the circumstances that were unfolding around her. But it did change the fact that she no longer was alone. And the comfort 
that comes from his presence. The comfort that comes from knowing no matter what I'm going through, he's with us. Amen. And he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us because he loves us. Can I get an amen? amen. Look at that next point. The Holy Spirit not only comforts us with his presence, but the Holy Spirit comforts us as he ministers the comfort of the Father to us, enabling us to comfort others. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, listen to what the Bible says. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all what? He's the source of all comfort. Think about that. And he comforts us in all our troubles. How many of our troubles? All our troubles. He comforts us in all of our troubles so we can comfort others. And when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given to us. Let me tell you why this scripture is so powerful. It's so powerful because what it teaches us is that the Holy Spirit ministers the comfort of God into our life. God is the God of all mercy and he's the God of all comfort. And the Holy Spirit ministers the comfort of the Father into our lives in the midst of every trouble and every trial and every sorrow and every grief. The Holy Spirit is there to minister that comfort to us. And not only does he minister that comfort to us, the Bible says then he enables us to minister to others with the very same comfort that God has given to us. And what I love about this is the power of this is that what the enemy meant for our destruction... God will use for our edification. And not only will he comfort us, but he will then empower us to comfort other people that are going through similar circumstances and situations. But here's the remedy. Here's the key. you got to get this. In order to experience the comfort of God, you've got to receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In order to experience the comfort of God, you've got to receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that administers the comfort of the Father into our hearts. And when we are receptive to the Holy Spirit's ministry, you know what happens? He begins to heal our hearts. He begins to revive our hearts. He begins to restore our hearts. And he begins to bring wholeness and wellness back into our lives. And then all of a sudden, not only are we now not destroyed by the things the enemy tried to take us out with, now we are actually empowered and we're able to help other people. We're able to comfort other people. And how many of you understand there is nothing more powerful than having somebody come alongside you when you're walking through the storms and trials of life and have somebody come alongside you and say, I know what it feels like. I've been there. I've walked through that. I buried a child. I went through a divorce. I lost my business. There's something powerful about having somebody that comes alongside you that has been where you have been, and they've come out on the other side with the victory and the grace of Jesus Christ. 
See, most of the time as a pastor, I minister to people, and I minister the Word of God, and I minister by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. But many times, I can't identify with their pain. I can only have sympathy and empathy for what they're going through. But when somebody that's battled what you've battled, and somebody that's lost what you've lost, and somebody that's endured what you've endured comes alongside you, there is a whole nother level of comfort that comes from the fact that they've been where I'm at and they understand. And they're able to help me with the comfort that God gave them to get through what they're going through. Let me tell you what's great about God. He never wastes anything. God redeems even your darkest hour to not only bring life to you, but to bring comfort to other people. Now let me just say one more thing about this and we're going to move on. What I love about the comfort of God the Father is that God is a good father. Can I get an amen? amen? He is a good, good father. Let me tell you what I know about good fathers. Good fathers love, good, good fathers treat all their children the same and good fathers treat all their children different. Now let me explain that. They treat all their children the same in the sense that they love and value every child unconditionally. They love every child, and they value every child. We have three amazing kids. We have four grand, grandkids and one on the way. And I'm just going to tell you something. We love and value each and every one of them. They are all special and precious and powerful, and we love them all with all of our hearts. And God loves you that way. He loves you perfectly. He is love. And God loves all of his children and God values every person because you're all fearfully and wonderfully made. So God treats us all the same, but at the same time, God treats us all different. You know why? Because we're all different. And if how many parents in the room here today? All you parents know that even though you love your kids the same, you can't minister to your kids the same. You can't minister to your kids the same because they receive comfort and ministry and encouragement different than their siblings do. And this is what I love about God. God knows us and sees the unique expressions of our heart. And when God comforts us, God comforts us according to our own hearts and according to our own needs in a way that we can receive the comfort of the Lord. Because what might be comforting to one person may not be comforting to another. Let me give you just a very generic, simple example. How many know men and women are different? Despite what our culture says, men and women are different. Let me get a big amen. So, let me just tell you a good little difference in how men and women can be comforted. As a man, sometimes a man going through a difficult time, going through a trying time, going through a challenging time, sometimes a man needs another man just to look him in the eye, Chris, you're going to love it, and just say, suck it up and get over it. Sometimes guys just need another guy to say, come on, you just got to suck it up, buttercup. Ain't that right, Chris? That's Chris's quote. Suck it up, buttercup. You just got to suck it up and get over it. And for many guys, in many circumstances, not every circumstance, but many times for a guy, that's exactly what we need. Right? I see a lot of heads nodding out there. That's exactly what we need as men, just to press through and come out on the other side with the victory that God has for us. 
years ago, years ago when Kelly was battling depression, we were talking with a gentleman, and the gentleman basically said to Kelly, honey, sometimes you just got to suck it up and get over it. And when we left out of that guy's office, Kelly looked at me and said, don't you ever tell me that again. Because how many of you understand, suck it up, get over it, works really good for men, but it does not work very well for women. At least for my wife. I mean, I just, I marked that lesson down. I'm like, that ain't even in my vocabulary. Because sometimes what is comfort for one is not comfort for another. And here's what's good about God. He's a good father. And he knows exactly what you need to hear, when you need to hear it, and how you need to hear it to receive comfort and strength and consolence in your heart so you can be healed and restored and move on. How many of you are thankful for our good Father? Amen? All right. Look at that next point. The Holy Spirit ministers comfort, helps us through comfort, and he comforts us through restoration, restoring our joy and what the enemy has stolen. Look at Isaiah 51 verse 3. What an amazing declaration of promise God makes to the children of Israel. It says, the Lord shall comfort Zion and he will comfort all her waste places. Waste places were the cities that had been destroyed, where the enemy had come down and torn down their cities. And it was those areas of their life that laid in ruins. At one time, it was beautiful. And now it was just a pile of rubbish. How many of you know that sometimes we have areas in our life that one time it was beautiful and now it's just an ash heap? One time it was something we celebrated and now it's been torn down and devastated by the enemy. God says, I'm going to come in and I'm going to comfort her. Look what he says. I'm going to comfort Israel in all of her waste places and I will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert, the dry parched places like the garden of the Lord. And joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Let me tell you what God wants to do. God not only wants to heal your heart, God wants to restore your joy. David said, restore to me the joy of my salvation. How many of you remember when you got born again? Anybody remember when you got saved? All right. All three of you. Anybody else remember when you got saved? Come on, Jesus. Do you remember what an awesome feeling that was? The weight of sin, the joy of the Lord, the presence of God, how everything seemingly changed in a moment in your life, and you knew that you knew that you knew you were never going to be the same. What a joy, what a peace, and what a presence of God there was in your life. And then life happens, right? And problems come, and challenges come, and difficulties come, and heartache comes, and loss comes, and grief comes. And before you know it, we've lost the joy of our salvation and we're miserable it's like the story of the guy who said he looked at most Christians and he he, he he was discouraged about coming to Christ he said because every Christian I look at looks like a mule faced Christian he said their lips are hanging down and they're just pressing through life it's kind of like the guy that said the only way I can wake up with a smile on my face is to go to bed with a coat hanger in my mouth Y'all didn't catch that. I'm sorry. I was a bad joke. Anyway, I was trying. Joy. How many know God wants to restore your joy? 
God wants to restore. And part of the comfort of the Holy Spirit is that he restores our joy and he restores what the enemy has, been, has stolen from you. What I love about Liberty Church, this church is filled with testimony after testimony after testimony of marriages being restored, of families being restored, of soundness of mind being restored. Where there was depression, now there's joy. Where there's anxiety, now there's peace. We've seen finances restored. We've seen businesses restored. We've seen communities restored as God works and moves in mighty ways. Why? Because part of the work of the Holy Spirit is not just to heal our hearts, but to restore our joy and to restore what the enemy has stolen. Those things that are in ruins can be rebuilt again. How many know God can rebuild the ruins of your life? And when God rebuilds, he rebuilds better than it ever was before. Again, let me say it to you. The key to receiving the comfort of restoration is in being sensitive to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord said this. The last part of that verse, I want to just read the last part. Look what he says would be kind of the fruit of this restoration. He says, joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. The Lord spoke to me this morning. He said, Keith, there are going to be people at church today. He said, and they've lost the song that was in their heart. He said, they've lost the song that was in their heart. He said, there are people at church today, they're going to be at church today, who used to always have praise on their lips. They always were singing, and they always were praising, they always were shouting, and they were going through their daily life with a song of praise, with melody in their heart. And he said, there are going to be people there today that have lost the melody of their heart. And he said, I want to restore that today. I want to restore the songs of praise in your mouth. I want to restore the melody of praise in your heart. And if that's you, God is saying to you today, if you'll just respond to me, if you'll just open your heart to the Holy Spirit, if you'll just say yes to what I'm trying to do in your life, the comfort of the Spirit will bring restoration of joy and the songs of praise will begin to flow out of your mouth again. How many of you know that's a good thing? How many of you know that God really does desire that our hearts be filled with gladness and thankfulness and that there be a melody of praise in our heart? That's part of what the Holy Spirit does. And when we reject and resist what He's doing, we reject and resist that restoration of joy. Amen? All right, look at that next point. The Holy Spirit helps us through comfort. Because he comforts us by speaking truth into our pain. He shines light into our darkness, giving hope for a better day. I love John chapter 8, verse 12. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, I am the light of the world, and if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. You will have the light that leads to life. How many know the light that leads to Christ is the indwelling, empowering presence of the Holy Spirit? The Spirit of Christ, who is the light of the world, lives and dwells in us. And part of how the Holy Spirit comforts us is He speaks truth to us in our pain. One of the things you guys have heard Kelly share and we practice on a daily basis is a little phrase that we use, Holy Spirit, speak truth to me. When you feel overwhelmed, Holy Spirit, speak truth to me. When you feel frustrated, Holy Spirit, speak truth to me. 
When you feel grieved and full of sorrow and pain, Holy Spirit, speak truth to me. Why? Because one of the ways the Holy Spirit comforts us is He shines light into the darkness. He shines the light of God's Word and the light of God's truth into the darkness of our sorrow, our pain, our trial, our tribulation, and our trouble. Because one of the greatest schemes of the enemy, and we talk about this a lot at Liberty Church, is one of the greatest schemes of the enemy is Satan wants you to blame God for your pain. Because if God is the source of your pain, then you won't look to God to be the source of your healing. If God is inflicting me, then I won't look to God to heal me. And so we have to understand that part of the comfort of the Holy Spirit is that He begins to speak truth to us in the midst of our pain. He begins to shine light in the midst of the darkness so we can begin to walk in the truth that God has for us. All the lies that the enemy says, well, if God really loved you, this wouldn't be happening to you. If God really cared, then you wouldn't be going through those, those things. All that is a lie from the pit of hell. God does love you. God does care for you. And God demonstrated his love for us through Jesus dying on the cross. There is no greater declaration of love than the death of God's son on the cross for each and every one of us. Amen. And so part of the comfort of the Holy Spirit is that he speaks truth. He shines light so that we can have hope for a better day. Brother Curtis has a little saying that he likes to say. He says, we're one day closer. Ain't that right, Curtis? We're one day closer. Why, why does he say that? Well, when they're going through trials or tribulations or they're facing difficult time, Curtis says, I just get up every day and say, I'm one day closer. One day closer to the breakthrough. One day closer to the healing. One day closer to the restoration that God is going to bring. One day closer to the answered prayer. Where does that hope come? It comes from the Lord. It comes from the ministry of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit ministers to our heart, He releases a hope that says, You know what? There's a better day coming. There's a brighter day coming. And I'm one day closer today than I was yesterday to the thing that God desires and wants to do in my life. And I need that comfort. I need that assurance of the Holy Spirit that brings light to the darkness that I can see a brighter day. Because let me tell you what happens, and we're going to look at our last point in just a minute, but let me tell you what happens when you get stuck in your sorrow and in your grief and in your pain. All you can see is heartache. All you can see is pain. See, when you get stuck in your sorrow and in your grief and in your pain, everywhere you look, you see more sorrow, more grief, and more pain. We say that people are negative. Well, most people become negative because they get stuck in the sorrow of something that happened in their life. There was a trauma. There was a grief. There was a problem. There was a pain. And somewhere along the line, instead of receiving the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they got stuck in their sorrow and their pain. And before you know it, they become a negative, critical person, and they can't see the hope of a brighter day because their heart has been dimmed by the darkness and the grief of this world. And only through the light of Christ that comes through the comfort and ministry of the Holy Spirit can we begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel and know that there is hope for a brighter day. Amen? So let me let you look with me at this very last point. I want you to see this, and we're going to wrap it up with this thought here today. 
The comfort of the Holy Spirit is like every expression of his ministry. It must be received. And if we refuse to be comforted, think about this. If we refuse to be comforted, then we grieve the Holy Spirit and we quench his presence from working in our lives. In Genesis chapter 37, verse 34 and 35, it's the story of Jacob. Jacob had his sons, his 12 sons, and Joshua, uh, or Joseph, his youngest son, who had the coat of many colors, had been sold into slavery by his brothers. They took the robe that his dad had made, they tore it apart, they soaked it in blood, and they brought it home, and they gave it to their father, and they said, is this your son's coat? And we come into the story right there. Look at verse 34. When Jacob sees Joseph's coat, he realizes, or at least he believes, that Joseph is dead. It says, Then Jacob tore his clothes and dressed himself in burlap, and he mourned deeply for his son for a long time. Look at verse 35. And his family all tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. His family tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. Look at that next part. I will go to my grave mourning my son, he would say. And then he would weep. He refused to be comforted. Let me me just say this to you today. Grieving is a part of the healing process. God wants us to grieve. God wants us to grieve the loss of loved ones. He wants us to grieve the loss of jobs and opportunities and marriages and children that have gone wayward. God wants us to grieve. We are spiritual beings created with an emotional capacity and our ability to feel joy and peace and love and sorrow is a gift from God. God wants us to grieve because grieving is a part of the healing process. But God does not want us to stay stuck in our grief. The moment I refuse to be comforted. Think about that phrase. Jacob refused to be comforted. Jacob said, as long as I live, I will grieve the loss of my son and he would weep bitterly the moment that we refuse to be comforted is the moment that we grieve the Holy Spirit it's the moment that we quench the Spirit's presence from ministering comfort and healing into our heart we get stuck in grief not because God can't heal our hearts but because we refuse to be comforted. The truth is, probably all of us in this room at one time or number another have probably stiff-armed God. You ever been grieving? You ever been hurting? You ever been going through something? You felt like the grief and the weight and the sorrow and the pain was so great and you're like, I don't want to be comforted. I want to hurt. I want to feel my pain. Just leave me alone. We've probably all been there to some degree or another. And again, grieving is part of healing as long as we don't stay stuck. And so the Lord told me to do two things today. He said, Keith, number one, I want you to give the people permission to grieve. 
If you're going through loss, if you've suffered loss, if you're in the middle of a battle, God says it's okay to grieve. You have permission to grieve. If you've lost someone you love, you have permission to grieve. Just a few weeks ago, we preached the funeral of a 46-year-old young lady who died of an overdose. And we had to walk through that process going to the hospital to tell her parents that she had died. And you know what they need to do? Right now, they need to grieve. She left behind five children. You know what those children need to do? They need to grieve. They've lost their mom. Parents have lost their daughter. A husband lost his wife. And that's real. That's real, guys. And we need to grieve. We need to grieve the loss of people that we love. We need to grieve when things happen, when we walk through heartaches and heartbreaks. It's okay. So God said, Keith, give the people permission to grieve, but just challenge them not to stay stuck in that grief. Don't refuse comfort. Recognize that grief is a part of healing. Because in my grief, God wants to minister to me. And in my sorrow, God wants to comfort me. And in my pain, He wants to walk beside me. And so I've got to be willing to grieve, but I've got to make sure that I am willing to receive the comfort that God has for me. So grieve, but don't stay stuck. And then the Lord said this to me. He said, Keith, He said, there's nothing or no one that can ever replace a loved one. There's nothing or no one that can ever replace a loved one. And then he said this to me. He said, Keith, he said, I don't try to replace people, but I do desire to restore hearts. Nobody's going to replace your loved one. You're never going to have another mama like your mama was. You're never going to have another child as your child. No one replaces our loved ones, but God desires to restore our hearts. And let me tell you why God wants to restore your heart. God wants to restore your heart so you can continue to love the loved ones that are still with you. See, if you get stuck in grief, you know what will happen? You'll be so consumed by the grief of what you've lost that you'll lose every other relationship you have. That grief will keep you from loving, serving, caring, and engaging with the people that are still in your life. And we've all seen it, right? We've all seen people who were shut down by their grief. And they're so mourning over what they lost that they end up losing the people that are still standing around them, desiring to be in relationship with them. So God says grieve, just don't stay stuck in your grief. God says grieve, and then invite me into that grief. And that's what I want to do this morning. I want our prayer teams just to come. And I want to open the altar up this morning. And if you're here today, and maybe maybe you recognize there's an area of grief in your life. Maybe you've suffered the loss of a loved one. Maybe you've went through some trauma or some tragedy. Maybe you just got a diagnosis from the doctor. Maybe you're overwhelmed with grief right now. Maybe you just feel like life has come against you and come over you faster than, than you can imagine, and you, you're at wit's end. I want to tell you today, there is a God in heaven who loves you, and he wants to comfort you, and he wants to come alongside you, and he wants to be near. 
And so with every head bowed, every eye closed, right now I just want us to open the altar. If you need prayer this morning, if you're working through some grief, I want you just to come. I want you just to come. And if you want to kneel in the altar and pray by yourself, you're welcome to do that. But if you'd love for one of our prayer team members just to pray with you today, God wants to minister to you. we got to be willing to invite the Lord in to those things. we got to be willing to say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come into this sorrow. Come into this grief. Come into my pain. I'm just telling you today, there's nothing... There's nothing to be ashamed of, to be grieving or suffering. But you don't have to do it alone. And the enemy would love to isolate you. And the enemy would love to separate you. And the enemy would love for you to believe you're the only one that understands what you're going through. I want to tell you something. Satan is a liar. And God's word is true. There is a God in heaven who loves you. And he understands. And he cares. And right now, maybe you just need to invite the Holy Spirit into that wound, into that hurt, into that grief. As people are coming, this is just your moment right now to come. This is your moment to come. God doesn't replace people, but He does restore hearts. And He wants to restore our hearts today. Maybe you need the joy of your salvation again. Maybe you realize, Pastor Keith, man, it's been a while. I've lost my song. I've lost the melody of my heart. I've lost the joy of my salvation. And I want to reclaim it today. I want to just grab hold of that again. I, I, want, I want God to renew and restore that joy in my heart this morning. It's yours. You can have it. He desires to give it to you today. He just says, whosoever is willing, let them come. So the altar's open right now if you need prayer. As these are praying together in the altar, maybe you're here today, every head bowed. Maybe you're watching online and you realize, you know what, Pastor Keith, I don't, I don't even know the God of comfort. You're talking about how the Holy Spirit ministers to us, how the Holy Spirit comforts us, how His presence is with us. And all those things are foreign to me. I've heard about it. I've, I've maybe read about it as I've read the Bible, but I don't know God. I've never been saved. Jesus called it being born again. I've never experienced that. But today I want to accept Christ. I believe He died on the cross for my sins. I believe He rose again on the third day. And I want to ask Him to forgive me of my sins, come into my heart and my life. And I want to know the God of comfort. And I want to receive His Son, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. If that's you this morning in this room, you say, Pastor Keith, today I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want you just to raise your hand. Just a simple act of faith. Just to raise your hand today in this, in this sanctuary this morning. Today I want to pray to accept Christ. Today I want to ask Jesus to be the Lord of my life. If that's you, just slip your hand up. If you're watching online, you can type in that chat box. I'm raising my hand. I want to accept Christ. This is your moment. This is a holy, holy moment where God is calling to you. Not willing, the Bible says, that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and if that's you just slip your hand up a simple act of faith today is my day Pastor Keith I want to be saved I want to know the God of comfort that wants to heal all my hurts and give me brand new life in Christ today I'm just going to lead us in a prayer as these continue to pray in the altar and if you're here today and you want to pray this prayer with me if you're watching online 
Let's just pray this simple prayer this morning together. Let's say it out loud, every head bowed, every eye closed. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose again on the third day. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I receive the gift of eternal life. And I receive the comfort of Almighty God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we want to welcome you to the family of God today. Amen. We're going to let these continue to pray in the altar this morning and let them have as much time as they need. Uh, if you have yet to sign up for our encounter retreat, you can stop by the information center and do that today on the way out. God bless you. We love you. Have a great day in the Lord. Amen.